Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. This is You'll Die Trying, it a is. podcast it with is. you and you. Yep. I'm Jonathan Carroll. I'm Nathan Morris. This is episode 108, and glad you're here. stories from Brent. He's like, I'm going to edit something and the baby starts crying. And then he says, how much longer is this going to last? He said, "Never mind, 18 years. <laughs> Poor guy. I hope it's not become too much of a, a hard hardship for he him. He can get over it. Brent, Sorry, I hope Brent. you're doing well with yeah. the new fatherly duties. Only gets harder. I mean, it'll be good. <laughs> Parenting Says tough. the man with four daughters. Parenting's tough. It is tough. Hey, Dr. Carroll, I want to talk to you about something because you, you know, you... Hey, I was raking the leaves out front the other day, and Dr. Carol and Joy just come ghosting by and looking at me like, hi. And then Dr. Carol had to send me almost an apology text saying I didn't stop and say hi because I was on the phone with my father-in-law in the car. Well, that was And I'm just sitting many, there like this. Was I like later. this? Uh, yeah, you were. You gave me a shocked look, and Joy was like, did, did you need to stop? And I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> How dare you? But later I was like, hey, sorry I didn't stop. It's okay, We man. were on our way. It's okay, I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind. Why do people complain about anything? Insert complaint, yet offer no solution. Like, let's talk about this because it's something that is just rampant in my life. Okay. <laughs> everywhere. All right. Uh, not so much personally. I want to make that very clear. I feel that my relationships have pretty good communication. So instead of saying, well, I don't like this, and then Dr. Carroll, you... Am I boring you now? No. Okay. You woke up at like three to write a 17-page dissertation. 17-page. No. <laughs> That's nothing. Oh, really? No. Oh, Much harder to write a short essay than it is a long one. Remember the other day whenever you and I met and I had to to walk and talk and you were taking notes and you said, that's how I wrote my... Yeah, my entire dissertation. I was pacing. That's awesome. And you were totally calm. I would have been so anxious having somebody pace in front of me. No, it was it was... That was good. I'm off topic. Sorry. Yeah. Complaining. No All solution right. offering. Okay. Let's use this as a working uh, case study. Okay. We'll workshop this. Don't even know what you're talking about, but that sounds great. So it sounds to me like people who complain are bothering you. And mostly because it is that they are offering uh, negative feedback into a vacuum where there is no solution being offered or even pondered. Right. Am I hearing you? 100%. Do you feel heard? I feel heard. Okay. Oh, thank you. All right, good. Let's workshop your concern okay. as a kind of complaint of its own. Sure. <clears throat> what? Thank would, you for that. What would be a potential solution? For me, handling their complaining and yet no solution offering. For your complaint about people complaining, what would mm -hmm. you like to do about it? Well, I think that I can do a better job of communicating said complaint, and actually utilizing the tools that we already have in place for people to feel heard and directing them to those tools. So that's a great concern. Please 
write that down in email form. Yep. Send to Dr. Carol and we can discuss at the next meeting. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So the podcast is over. Thanks. <laughs> That's one way to do it is to think about what, how can I encourage them to communicate that concern in the form of a concern? And a concern is one where someone has care. Then there's the, I, I agree, and you are heard. I want you to know that as I've, I pat I've, the top of your hand. Mm-hmm. Then there is the boy who cried wolf mm-hmm. mentality where mm-hmm. like the complaining is so nonstop, blah, blah, blah. Then you almost get to a point as even at a le- as a leader or someone that's... Where you become dismissed. Yeah, where you literally just let it fall on deaf ears. Part of that too is understanding uh, someone's personality mm-hmm. and whether that negativity is a part of who they are. Um, of course... I want to make this clear too, because in a previous podcast, I, I think I said something that wasn't as clear as I wanted it to be. So, uh, you know, we can't legislate positivity. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't make someone in your business be positive. You can't prevent someone from gossiping. You know, you, what you can do is create a culture where it's recognized that those things aren't helpful to the team, and you model something different, and then you earn the respect that demonstrates that you are the leader and people don't then get anything out of complaining or being negative or gossiping or rumor mongering because they're part of the team. They always feel heard and respect has been earned. And so they give that respect by saying it, what's it going to help for me to be frustrated about that? I hear people all the time say, how are you doing? Well, I'm fine. You know, I could complain, but what would that do? You know, it's (laughs) kind of, jeez. So, Um, I I do think that there is a difference between a complaint and a criticism. Yes. I think in a relationship especially, we should do more complaining and less criticizing. I think we need to get the criticism down to a zero. The complaining, though, needs to come, of course, from a place of concern and, to your point, with an eye toward solution and utilization. As you know, I think that complaints are a form of conflict and that conflict is and should be welcomed. Yes. And that it's not always resolved as much as it is utilized. How can we get better because of this concern? Now, sometimes you have people who are going to be chronic complainers, and I think you just have to... The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yep. So if we're not passing out the grease, I think the squeaky wheel goes away. People do what they do because they get something out of it. A lot of people will complain because they know they're going to get either the attention that they need or that the issue that they're complaining about needs or, you know, they get heard. They're kind of bullying or squirming their way into a position of attention. And I don't think they're doing it on purpose or consciously. But I think it's, you know, we just need to be able to say if you have a legitimate concern, send your email. We will take it up at our next meeting. If there's a a steady flow of complaints, we're just not going to entertain those. Another rule I had when I was in the pastorate is that I did not do business or traffic in anonymous complaints. If someone would leave an, an, a note with no one with, without a name on it, anonymity. Yeah. Yes. It's hard or work for me. If someone would say, "Well, people are saying." I would say, who are those people? Well, I don't want to. Okay. Well, then just ha- tell them to come directly to me and we'll talk about it. Of course, that would never happen mm-hmm. because there weren't people because people meant them. that person. Yeah. So I, I don't traffic in anonymity. If you have a concern, bring it. 
let's talk about it. But you have to bring it in a way that you're open to the possibility that what is your concern isn't necessarily a company's concern and that what solutions you might bring may not be utilized. But you still are going to be heard. Yes. And I think that's going to be more important than anything. Yes, I went on a, a recent trip, uh, trip meaning business, for two days and just saw uh, – a scaled version of what we are doing on a massive level, um, 17 lovely homes wide. Mm-hmm. And it they they work very hard on culture. People are their biggest uh, challenge still and, and creating that culture and then having, you know, like you said, just we're talking about the criticism and complaining and, and, and they have actually naysayers, the biggest naysayers company wide come in if they implement a new policy Siri's talking to me. Did I say something Siri-wide? Yeah. Uh, that they have them implement, and I love that. I think it's great. It's like, hey, yeah, you know what? You are vital. You are heard. You're concerned. So why don't you come up with solutions, and you're going to help implement it company-wide. Yeah. That's cool. So any of you business owners who hear a lot of complaining from staff, take this free advice from Dr. Carol and myself. Just Bring them in a room, say, hey, you're vital, you're heard. Actually, I need you to help implement it because we are doing it. So come up with some solutions for me and then make it happen everywhere. Yeah, and solutions aren't, well, just don't do it. Like, I don't right. like it that we're going to do this, so we're just not going to do it. There's the solu- That's not a real solution. No, it's happening. Like, it, it really is happening. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it from a corporate perspective, people who are in local um, franchises or operations centers, they don't get, I mean, they, they can send their concern up the flagpole. I hate that we carry this hammer in stock at yeah. true value. Yeah, but Sorry, that's Gordon. not going to change anything. Right, they're still carrying it. So see if you can be a part of the solution that benefits everyone. Right. Primarily not self, mm. uh, but other, and then company, and only then self. But we have it all backwards. I think we do. I think yeah. we become a rather self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And I want to say too, and, and this is, um, I want to, reference uh Rilke, uh Ranye Maria Wilkie who, who's a, a you know 19th century bohemian austrian poet um he says perhaps all the dragons of our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us at once both beautiful and brave perhaps everything terrible is in its deepest being something helpless that wants help from us. The deepest experience of the creator is feminine, or it is experience of receiving and bearing. So if you're having difficulty with something in a relationship, in your work, rather than think of it as a monster, what if it is something that is simply helpless that wants help from us? That is shifting your mind and that is beautiful instead of it shifting your mind instead of it being like this negative thing all of all of a sudden it becomes positive oh great there's a challenge let's make it happen and create a solution he said believe in your work that you are always taking part in the greatest because the more strongly you cultivate that belief the more will reality and the world go forth from it if your daily life is poor meaning not in high quality. Don't blame it. Blame yourself that you're not poet enough to call forth its riches. Can you send that to me now? Yeah. Send it. Send it to to me. That is beautiful. Wow. 
take note, ladies and gentlemen, scroll back about two minutes and let Dr. Carroll start reading Rilke. Yeah, Rilke. Yes. Again, and let those words just sit. If your daily life is not satisfying, don't blame your life. Blame yourself, I'm quoting now, that you are not poet enough to call forth its riches. For the creator, there is no poverty. When you create your life, your world, your trajectory, your future, there's no poverty. I got butterflies. Everything is beautiful. I really did just get butterflies. I'm excited by those words because culture is key. We talk about them in meetings. We say it all the time. I tell everyone that we work alongside, you are loved, you are appreciated. But what you do with those words that come from me, and when you take them into your life and you try to excel with the tools that we have given you as a leadership team, then then that's that's up to you. And the same goes for you who are listening. I mean, that is totally up to you. I mean, maybe you don't feel heard, maybe you don't, but you are your own poet if you choose to be. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You have to let your life happen to you, he says. Mm. Um, And then he also says in another place, and this is not in the link that I sent to you, he says that there are always going to be questions for which there are no answers. And we have to live our lives in such a way that our lives become an answer to the questions. So rather than asking questions, we live them. Live the questions. I think there is something beautiful about letting life happen to you and not resisting it, not pushing against it, not resorting to uh, in any way, any kind of uh, entitlement or violence against it. Let life happen to you. And it, it, it is full of rich mystery and opportunity. It's, it's what you make of it it's in beautiful. so many cases. It's, it's beautiful. It. In the season that we are in, I, I am so embracing that even on a, a more intimate level. And I'm going to stick uh, to reading this via the link you sent me, but also I'm going to go back and re-listen to this because that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Well, so in that light and thinking about the, 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 the dragons that we think are constantly lurking on the edges of the map of our lives, just waiting for us to step out so that it can devour us. And if we're thinking instead that that is a princess wanting us to be both beautiful and brave, how are you doing you nathan right the second in your well in this season in your life overall probably not good not talk about it not good i think that 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 visual is uh life-giving for me and, and just shifts my mindset immediately because there is nothing but opportunity mm-hmm. and not negativity if you will things that i have I found myself talking to, you know, Megan about or even you about is is somewhat like, oh, this is in a negative context. And instead, these are just opportunities to feel to feel like I'm able to say to this individual that you're heard, you're acknowledged. I mean, this is this is more on me. And I'm excited about the opportunity. Now, I really want to take that and put that in just like a little frame. Mm-hmm. on the back of my door in my office so whenever I go to open that door I can read that. Mm-hmm. It's I mean it's life-giving for me as a leader. It really is. What part of it speaks most to you? The the fact that dragons are simply princesses. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean we all are just we're all a bunch of scared 
Yeah, people. Mm-hmm. We're so scared. Everybody's just always walking around with their security blanket. Just, oh, don't get too close. Or, oh, don't say that. Oh, don't do this. Oh, do this. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And we just want to be able to take that off and be truly 100% ourselves and 100% authentic. And we've talked about this in a previous podcast, off, podcast authenticity. Mm-hmm. And this is just from a, from a leadership standpoint, I mean, I, I love it. If you saw everything as opportunity, how would your life be different today? Like in the past <laughs> or just from this just, point? Just today, this life point forward. Living, 100%, if I'm being honest, 100% living. And that's freaking awesome. What do you mean? Just be alive. Mm-hmm. Like feel, feel alive. Feel, feel not even having moments of just thriving, not momentary thriving, but overall thriving. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is just... Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. This is this is life giving for me. I was, I was going into this podcast thinking that maybe we're going to help somebody else. <laughs> and I'm like, woo! That's how it typically is. Yeah. Sorry, I'm done. Typically not for. Well, I mean, I think that's true of most people who are who are full of love, and that is, uh, we try to be helpful to others and end up those people help us more so. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I think um, this is. I'm gonna share another Rilke quote with you. Sure. He says, "For one human being to love another is perhaps the most difficult of all our tasks. It's the ultimate, the last test and proof, the work for which all other work is but preparation." I hold this to be the highest task for a bond between two people that each protects the solitude of each other. This is the miracle that happens every time to those who really love. The more they give, the more they possess. Hmm. The more you give, the more you possess. Rilke had it down. I wonder what it was like to like sit in a room with that mind. Probably hard. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah. think with genius comes madness. To a degree, I think maybe. it's hard to be in relationship with people who are of that level of of thoughtfulness. So thank goodness, you know, our wives don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Speaking of the other day, it was obviously a uh, uh, small business Saturday and uh, Megan had went, had gone to Byron and Barclay. I want to acknowledge them because uh, uh, Jeremy was talking to Megan saying, I can tell whenever Nathan's talking about a shirt or something, what it can picture exactly what he's wearing. Or you are wearing like oh, a, yeah, really? he knows what type it is. And so gotcha. they do a great job there. They really do. Nice clothes. We weren't in town for that. We were in Louisville for a small business small Saturday. Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shop small Saturday. We were in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. Doing some family gathering stuff. It well, fun. It, it's nice to support local. What is, an, what is something that you have to do today that you're going to change how you think about it? So that it can become more opportunity than not. I am going to talk to the electricians about the problem of changing out the old box for the new box and look at it as an opportunity so that jokes aside that something doesn't catch fire and Ken doesn't, you know, die. Yeah. Um, maybe bless the electricians with more work and business and opportunity to build that, that relationship. Mm. So there's that. 
You use the word bless, and I find that's such an interesting word because in my work uh, as a therapist, I encounter so many people who want so badly to uh, do something or try something or believe something or say something, and they don't feel like they've been given permission to do it. Because for whatever reason, and probably for so long, they've needed someone to bless them, someone to ordain them to the freedom to do or say whatever that they feel like they need to do or to say. And um, I, I, f- I want to give people kind of a carte blanche blessing. Mm-hmm. I want to grant people who feel like they need someone to say, it's okay. It's okay, you who grieve, to grieve however you must. It's okay, you who take care of others, to do something kind for yourself. It's okay, you who are exhausted by trying always to do the right thing perfectly, to not get something perfect. I think people need to know there's a, a level of okayness that they don't have to ask for. But but because they feel like they need to, I want to extend that. Not that it means anything coming from me, but it shouldn't mean anything coming from anyone else too. Like only we can grant ourselves the permission that we need to do certain things. It's especially true for those who are caregivers, who are con- who are mothers wives, women especially, who are always doing for other people and they haven't thought about themselves in who knows how long. It's okay. Not only is it okay, it's good that you think of yourself first and that you take care of yourself. It occurred to me as we, as I, I checked in um, to a hotel in Louisville uh, this past weekend Joy, thankfully, had made the reservations for us. But Joy was off with her uh, cousin's fiancé shopping for wedding gowns. Mm. And so her cousin and I were checking into the hotel. And then we were going to go to a local watering hole and watch some college football games. So I go to check in, had my confirmation number, gave her my name. And the woman behind the desk said, did you make the reservation? And I said, I didn't. My wife did. Her name is Joy. She said, well, I'm I'm not able to let you check in. I need to speak with her. I said, well, she's with his fiance in their wedding gown shopping. Isn't that fun? And at this point, I was still in a sweet spirit. And she was like, yeah, that's great, uh, but I'm going to have to speak with her. And she says, "Uh, I have her phone number on file, so I'll call her. I said, well, I mean, I can text her right here. And she's like, no, I need to speak with her. I said, well, how about I just call her on my phone? And she's like, no, I need to call her from my phone. I said, okay, but she's not going to answer your call because she's going to see a number from an out-of-town area code and she's not going to answer it. So she calls her and she's like, she's not answering. <laughs> I said, well, right here she has said, I give permission after you know some, some specific choice words about how ridiculous this is. And she's like, that's not, I still need her. I need to speak with her. So I put Joy on speakerphone. I called her on my phone. She'll say, I give permission. She's like, I have to talk to you from my phone. 
Joy was, we're both ticked off at this point. So she calls her, Joy answers, she says yes. And then Joy and I text each other like, this is ridiculous. I get in a world of violations of privacy that just because I have the same last name doesn't mean that a woman should have her room accessed by her husband because domestic violence is a real thing. And one out of four women suffers from domestic violence. And about one out of four of them will suffer a severe injury or even death as a result of it. So I get it 100% and I'm on board. It wasn't explained that way. It was just I was banging my head against a wall and hitting a dead end, and I wasn't being given any thoughtfulness as to why this is. It's just this is just how it is. This is just how it is. Right. So had she uh, said that. Fi- yeah, had she said, you know, we have had problems in the past, and this is company po- policy nationwide. And we're t- protecting our ladies. We're protecting everyone, yeah, right. and I get that. I get that. I mean, there are people who check in. They use aliases, and I, I t- I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. So I, I walked away, and arms full of bags, and in the elevator, I text Joy. We know we finally checked in. Thank you for your help. She wrote, welcome to what it's like to be a woman. Wow. And I didn't even have to ask what she meant. What she means is, as a woman, this kind of thing happens all the time. Your access is limited. You're not granted the same kinds of freedoms. You have to ask permission, or you're made to believe that you have to ask permission for certain things. And that hit me, and I wrote, it sucks. That was my quote. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's made me ponder that reality and how difficult that is, especially for women. And it makes me want to throw open the doors and be fair and equal regardless of who it is because that is a really helpless feeling. I mean, I wasn't going to be allowed to be checked. If, if Joy had been busy or had left her phone while she was helping, you know, Courtney lace up her bridal gown or whatever, if, if her phone had died, there I was with all our stuff and I was not going to be allowed to check in. I was going to have to, I mean, minor inconveniences. But the theme is, for too long, people have been having their access uh, limited. Mm-hmm. And that that has not happened often to me. Yeah. And it was eye-opening. I read something over the weekend, and this is kind of going into uh, domestic violence and so forth. There was a, a tip for those women who are who are being mistreated and abused to call as if you're ordering pizza. Do you ever hear about this? Mm-hmm. You call and you say, I'd like to order a pizza. And then the response that the dispatcher always will say is, you do realize you're calling 911, yes, and then order the pizza and then give the address. Yep. So you hang up. The, the violent individual is obviously... None the wiser. None the wiser. And, and they do a welfare check. And they do a welfare check. It's, it's a real thing. And then in the same breath, there was another guy that I know I went to school with, played ba- baseball with. He was just talking about oh, – he, he opened my eyes. He said, you know, men, uh, uh, when you see a, a woman walking in the parking lot at night with kids or alone and they're at the grocery store or whatever, it doesn't take two extra seconds to make sure they get in their vehicle. You know, you don't even have to bother them, but you can watch them safely get into their vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Just be, be vigilant, be, be aware of your surroundings, take care of your, your community members. It's nice. 
Yeah, because as as a male, I have no idea what it's like to walk in a parking lot and be afraid. That's the point. And I, and women are all the time. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a little unnerving for. I know a guy that's actually terrified of the dark in general, but he's terrified of this of the dark, not what's lurking around the corner, right? So keep that in mind. Women have their antennas are up uh, far greater, far more than 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 ours. So anyway, I just think. This episode has been full of, of a ton of awesome nuggets for us to take away. Well, there are no dragons. It, back in the old days, there was a world map, and the map was only as big as the people who had drawn the map had explored. And on the edges said, beyond here lie dragons. In every opportunity, there is a borderline, and we don't know how far we can go. And so we think that beyond that lie dragons. Really what lies beyond that is something who is wanting us to be brave and to be beautiful and to keep going and to welcome the discomfort and the confusion and the uncertainty to the table and say, teach me. Teach me something about myself. Why is it that I'm struggling with making this decision? What is it that I need to learn about myself in this moment? And how can I make what seems like a a burdensome task to feel like an uncharted opportunity where there are good things that lie just outside of, of my vision. I'll leave you with that. I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. Till next time. <laughs>